Welcome to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance. Walk in Truth is a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. Mark chapter 7 is where we are this morning. Mark chapter 7. Well, I like you, um, I watch what's going on in the world. I watch the news reports as much as I can take. And uh, I saw the coverage of what happened in France. Um, You know, I think of the 84 dead, there were 10 children. Some of the stories were that... uh, Parents were trying to throw their children over the fence to spare them this maniac that was driving to destroy lives. Um, I got on the radio this week before the microphones and tried to find words once again to share, you know, with people, what do we do? What do we do in times like this when it seems like every week there's another terrorist attack or shooting in our country. There's a lot of tension. There's a lot of misunderstanding. There's a lot of people offering advice and saying that this is the answer and that is the answer. And, and at some point, you just throw up your hands and you say, you know what, Lord, if, if there's really gonna be true healing, it's not gonna come from my wisdom. It's gonna come from yours. And so as the Lord would have it, And as is often happens, you know, I look at what's ahead of us as we move through a gospel, and uh, I just go section by section, as you well know. And here we are in one of the most unique healing stories in the gospels. Unique to Mark's gospel, actually. And it's this story of Jesus in Gentile territory, and he unstops the ears of of a deaf man and He touches his tongue and frees up his tongue. And I think what we're going to find in this particular healing that Jesus does is a prescription for healing. If we're willing to listen, if we're willing to hear, if we're willing to be part of the solution and the answer to all that ails us. The account is found in Mark 7, 31. We're gonna read it together. And then we'll pray and break it down. And again, he, Jesus, Mark 7, 31, went out from the region of Tyre and came through Sidon to the Sea of Galilee, within the region of Decapolis, Mark 7, 32. And they brought to him one who was deaf and spoke with difficulty, and they entreated him to lay his hand upon him. And he took him aside from the multitude by himself and put his fingers into his ears. And after spitting, he touched his tongue with the saliva. And looking up to heaven with a deep sigh, he said to him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. And his ears were opened, and the impediment of his tongue was removed, and he began speaking plainly. And he gave them orders not to tell anyone, but the more he ordered them, the more widely they continued to proclaim it. And they were utterly astonished, Mark 7, 37, saying, he has done all things well. He makes even the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. Would you pray with me? Lord God, as we come before your holy word, thank you that it is inspired by God and thank you that it is profitable in every area of our lives. 
This morning, maybe more than ever, we need to hear from heaven. And we need, Lord, your healing upon our land and upon our world. You gave a prescription for healing to Israel in Second Chronicles, and you said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, if they will seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. You said that your ears would be attentive to prayer in that place, and that was the temple, Lord, and we know the times are different, but the prescription, I believe, is still the same. Because in Revelation 2 and 3, you gave a prescription for healing to the seven churches. And in most of those churches, there was a corrective or multiple things that you said that they needed to hear and amend. And over and over again, the words ring forth, he who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And so Lord, we are your church. We are your bride, we are your people, and we are here to hear from you. So would you speak to us now as we prepare our hearts to receive what you would say to us because we desperately need to hear from you and we desperately need to act upon what you say. We pray this in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, as I've mentioned to you, um, as we move through the Gospels, many of Jesus' parable, or many of Jesus' miracles were parables. What I mean to say by that is that when Jesus did a healing, it wasn't always just the physical healing that we need to pay attention to. There was something much deeper below the surface that was being communicated. And when he stopped the flow of blood in the woman who had had that uh, terrible malady for 12 years, she reached out in faith and the flow of blood stopped. I had shared with you that I believe below the surface is Jesus saying, if you'll reach out the hand of faith, I will stop the bleeding in your life. As Jesus spoke to the little girl who had died little lamb arise. I believe the message of the 12-year-old girl and I believe the 12 continues to connect back to Israel and to the 12 apostles. I can raise you up again. I can give new life to you. As he feeds the uh, 5,000 and they pick up the 12 baskets, I believe he's saying I am the bread of life. If you will take me into you, you will live. You will have true life within yourselves. And so I think it's important for the student of Scripture always to be watching for these kinds of things. And as you look at a healing that takes place on the other side of the lake, what's considered the Gentile side of the Sea of Galilee, you see Jesus unstop ears and loosen a tongue. And I don't think it's hard to figure out when you start to look for these little things in your Bible that you can see that the unstopping of the ears is something much deeper than just a physical healing. It's a message from heaven to us if we're willing to listen to what he has to say. When Jesus taught the parable of the sower in the book of Matthew, if you wanna turn over to Matthew, he uh, would share the parable and he would often repeat, and I think Luke's gospel makes this clear, Matthew 13 is what you want. He would often say, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. This is Matthew 13. Pick it up at verse 9 with me. Matthew 13, 9. He has just shared the parable of the soils or the sower. And he says, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And, and the disciples came and said to him, Matthew 13, 10, Why do you speak to them in parables? 
And he answered and said to them, to you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been granted, Matthew 13, 12. For whoever has to him shall more be given, and he shall have an abundance, but whoever does not have even what he has shall be taken away from him. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because while seeing they do not see, and while hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in their case, verse 14, the prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled, which says, you will keep on hearing, but will not understand. You will keep on seeing, but will not perceive. For the heart of this people has become dull, and with their ears they scarcely hear, and they have closed their eyes, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and return. And what's your Bible say? and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. For truly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you see and did not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Hear then the parable of the sower. And over and over again in Jesus' ministry, he said things like this. He said there were certain segments of people that just did not hear. We read earlier in the Gospel of Mark, if you want to turn back there, that Jesus said this people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They elevate the precepts of men above the word of God. And so in the healing ministry of Jesus Christ, at the end of this particular healing, they said he does all things well. What a testimony. What a truth of Jesus Christ. Mark 7, 37. He does all things well. That can't be said of me. Some people might say of Michael Lance, he does some things well. Depending on your perspective, you might say he does a few things well (laughs) or no things well. But never could it be said of me, and I would venture to say of you, he or she does all things well. In fact, it was quite rare for people to say this of Jesus because even with all the miracles that he did, rarely did he have this kind of affirmation about him. Rarely did someone say of Jesus, he does all things well. Most people were questioning and whining and complaining and misunderstanding. But at this point, on the Gentile side of the lake, the Bible says, somebody in the crowd said, maybe multiple people, he does all things well. You see, if we're gonna have healing in our churches and in our nation, it's going to have to come from the one who does all things well. It's gonna have to be his power. It's gonna have to be his perspective. It's going to have to be his changing power in our lives. C.S. Lewis said, pain is God's megaphone to a deaf world. And right now, I'm not sure we're listening Right now, I'm not sure that God always has my attention the way he wants. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And so Mark's gospel in Mark 7, 31 says, and again, he went out from the region of Tyre. That's where he healed the Syrophoenician woman's daughter. And she said, even the little puppy dogs feed on the crumbs. And remember I said, Lord, just give me the crumbs. Hey, if we spent every day, instead of uh, 
going with the society who believes that everything, you know, they deserve everything and this entitlement society, what if we just had that attitude like the Syrophoenician woman and said, Lord, whatever you're willing to give me, I'll take it. I'll be like one of those little puppies. I know something good's coming, right? Do you want to be able to defend your faith, what you believe in, why you believe it? We've tackled subjects like Jehovah's Witnesses, the origins of Christmas. In honor of the 500th year of the Reformation, we did two-part message on sola scriptura. Is the Bible alone sufficient? Is it our highest authority? Scientology, intriguing topics that are available on the Walk in Truth store at walkintruth.com. There'll be more to come, more exciting things to come. And he went out from the region of Tyre. It seems that he didn't, uh, there's no record of him healing anybody else there or interacting with anybody else. Some scholars believe he spent about eight months in uh, the re region on the other side of the lake, and that's conjecture, but uh, we, knew it, we know it took some time to travel. So he came through Sidon to the Sea of Galilee within the region of the Decapolis. Look at verse 31. That's the, literally the 10 cities. The 10 commandments are called the Decalogue, the Decapolis was the 10 cities. They were Hellenized cities, largely Greek cities, very pagan. The, the pig was the fertility animal. And Jesus had gone to the other side of the lake earlier to meet a man who had legion. Do you remember? He was filled with a legion of demons. He and there was another man there as well. And Jesus set him free. And he was there clothed and in his right mind. And when Jesus got into the boat, the man said, Lord, please take me with you. And Jesus, remember the response was, no, you stay here. And you tell your family and you tell your friends and you tell the people in this area the great things that God has done for you and how he had mercy on you. And we're going to find out that that formerly demon-possessed man did a great job. He was a missionary to the Decapolis, the, the ten cities. He went around. It's very clear that he went around and he shared his testimony. But for the apostles to go to Tyre, to go to the region of Sidon, to go to the other side of the lake, they had to go kicking and screaming. And if you're a note taker, I'm gonna give some prescriptions of healing that the Lord has given me this week. And if you wanna write them down, here's the first one. If there's going to be healing, we're gonna have to cross some uncomfortable barriers. Amen. We're going to have to go to some places and have some conversations that are not comfortable. And I'm sure that when Jesus said we're gonna go to the other side of the lake or we're gonna go to the region of Tyre, I'm sure the apostles were not on board completely. Have you ever had you know, somebody share something with you, something you had to do, and you weren't bright-eyed and bushy-tailed about it? Can I get a witness? <laughs> Monday morning, time to go to work. Oh God, I don't wanna. Sunday morning, time to go to church. I don't wanna go to church. I don't want to see those people. And then your wife says, yeah, but you're the pastor. You need to go. That was this morning. Just kidding. No, it wasn't. Have you ever had the Lord challenge you to go across the street and talk to that neighbor that maybe you haven't learned much about them at all? Maybe you've said some neighborly things or done some things for each other, but you know nothing about that person. God might be saying to you, you know, why don't you 
maybe you know they're a Christian. Why don't you go learn something about their testimony? Why don't you find out who they are? Well, things to do, people to see, lawns to mow. (laughs) We're gonna have to cross some uncomfortable barriers if we're gonna find healing. And they brought to him, look at verse 32, they brought to Jesus one who was deaf and spoke with difficulty. He had literally one who had a speech impediment. And they, the they I'm assuming is a group of Gentiles here since since where he is. They entreated, they implored him, they begged him to lay his hands upon him. How many times during the course of a day, a week, did Jesus get implored in this way, get begged to touch someone, to heal someone? It happened over and over and over and over again, thousands upon thousands of times. And they say, would you please have pity on this man, Lord? Have you ever thought about how good God's listening skills are? Have you ever thought about how good of a listener God is? He knows everything you're going to say before you say it and still listens to you. That is a miracle. All right, go ahead. Have you ever ever been in that position before? You feel like you know everything this person's going to say, and you kind of, all right, go go ahead. Uh, Yeah, I know where you're going. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. (laughs) Wouldn't it be a bummer if you ever got a view into heaven and that's the posture that God had with your prayers? (laughs) Sheesh, here they come again. Do you know how many times God has listened to the same whiny prayer that you've prayed? Hmm? With patience? Do you know how many times God has heard a person only check in with him when they wanted to get out of trouble, get rescued from something, or blame him for everything that's happening in the universe? Do you know that some people only check in with God to malign him, and yet he listens. He hears our prayers. He says, cast, not some, but all your anxiety upon me because I what? I care for you. Do you know, in the unstopping of the ears miracle, there's something deeper going on here. Do you know that listening to other people's hearts is one of the, probably one of the weakest areas in many people's lives. We're not very good listeners. We're pretty good at sharing our views, pretty good at pointing out our position, not so good at listening. And I think that in this particular miracle, there's a message, if we're willing to hear it. There was a man, he was deaf, and he spoke with difficulty. That may be a connection to his deafness. When he gets healed, he's able to articulate stuff, so it would appear that he wasn't born deaf, but that something happened along the line for him to go deaf, and that has happened uh, to many people, and I know that sometimes as we age, we have hearing problems and that kind of thing, and it's, it's a tough thing that people go through. And here's a man that he can't hear. He probably heard it one time, but he can't hear now, and he could hardly talk. He's not alone. The man that uh, was called to deliver Israel said to God when God called him, Lord, I don't speak well. Remember? His name was Moses. Do you know Moses was not an articulate speaker? 
Can you imagine? You're gonna go to the leader of the most powerful nation in the world and you're gonna say to him, let my people go. And Moses says, uh, I'm not very articulate. As much as we know about Moses that he was raised in the education of Egypt, that he knew a lot, that he could write well, that he probably knew multiple languages, he could not speak well. And many of us use that as an excuse for what we don't do. I'm not articulate or I, I can't communicate ideas well. And so we sit on the sidelines. And in fact, if you go back and read Exodus 4, 10 through 17, we won't do it uh, this morning. God says to Moses, I'm the one that made the mouth. He says, Exodus 4.15, I, even I, will be with your mouth and in his mouth. I will teach you, he speaks of his brother, I will teach you what you are to do. I will teach you what you are to say. I will be with your mouth. Jeremiah says, Lord, I'm, I'm young. <laughs> I'm, I'm not good at this kind of stuff. And God says, don't say that. I will be with your mouth. I will put the words in your mouth. I will do what you cannot do. Do we believe that? Many of us, you know, if we're in any kind of ministry at all, I think we understand it's only by God's grace. And so here's Jesus. And they said, would you lay your hand on this man? Would you, would you touch this man? Look at verse 32. Would you please, they begged him. Seems like multiple people begging, friends of his. Would you please lay a hand upon him? Would you touch the man? If, if someone was maybe on the other side of the sea for you, maybe someone who is different, maybe someone that, you know, the, in the Jewish mind, this man's unclean. He lives in unclean land. He's, he's diseased because he sinned or his parents sinned or he did something wrong in the womb. He's an unclean man. And Jesus, a Jewish rabbi, is told to touch him. And what he's about to do is so incredible, it's beyond a touch. There's saliva involved. The exchange of bodily fluids. Oh, goodness. Does that trouble anybody? I'd be looking for Purell, you know, right after this interaction. <laughs> Toothbrush on the tongue, I don't know. Any germaphobes out there? Yeah, 33, Jesus took him aside from the multitude by himself or privately. Why did he do that? Why did Jesus take him, why didn't he just, why didn't he just, he could have just spoke the word right there, be healed. He didn't do that. Why did he do all of this? Why did he take him aside privately? Some writers have said on this because Jesus was not just about healing, he was also about relationships. And if you're a note taker, here's the second prescription for healing. And there may be some in-betweens here that you might wanna write down. It's gonna happen in relationships. It's gonna happen in soul-to-soul, heart-to-heart, chest-to-chest time. So Jesus took him aside. I don't know everything that took place there. I don't know what words were exchanged. I don't know how uncomfortable it felt. I don't know how far they moved away. But he took him away privately and he put his fingers into his ears. Now, if you're the deaf man, you kind of have an idea of what's going on, but 
You probably don't know all the details and you're taken off to the side. You're face to face with this Jewish rabbi, teacher, who all of a sudden puts his fingers in your ears. Now, I'm a guy that's fairly big on personal space. <laughs> Can I get a witness? <laughs> I love y'all, but I don't need to talk to you from two inches apart. <laughs> All right, but I know some people are that way, right? There's some people, they got it. When they talk to you, it's right here, man. <laughs> Woo, man, I hope I had a certs, you know, earlier. Wow. <laughs> Can you imagine somebody coming up and sticking their fingers in your ears? What are you doing? <laughs> well, you, you want to be healed? Yeah. All right, then sit there. And <laughs> Would you let Jesus do that to you? Will you let him do it to you? Will you let him unstop your ears? This is Walk in Truth Radio, and we have the privilege of coming over this station to you. But the privilege does have a cost, and we just want to take a moment to let you know that we want to thank you for praying for us and partnering with us. There's a way that you can give to this radio broadcast. We do have some wonderful open doors. If you can give to the ongoing ministry of Walk in Truth Radio Ministry of Living Truth, we deeply appreciate it. Uh, when Oscar and I walk into this studio and we have Cameron doing recording for us, none of us get paid to do radio. We're doing it because it's a passion. Here's how you can help us out. You can go to walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. Click on the donate tab. You'll see a picture of Pastor Michael there. Make sure that when you go to the PayPal account, you indicate that your gift is for radio ministry. If you'd like to send a gift, you can send it to Living Truth 1009 Arsenal Way. Think of the armor of God. Corona, California 92880. Again, that is Living Truth 1009 Arsenal Way. Corona, California, 92880. If you have any needs that we can help you with, you can always give us a call. The office is open on the West Coast here in Southern California, Tuesday through Friday from 9 to about 5 in the afternoon. Our number is 951-735-2856. You can find out all that information and directions to Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona by going to our website, if you're ever in the area, we'd love to have you come and worship with us. This is Pastor Michael Lance. We'll catch you next time. Hey folks, when you're doing radio, you know, it's a little hard to tell sometimes who's listening. And we would really like to know if the program's been a blessing to you and has impacted your life. And here's how you can get word to us. Go to walkintruth.com and in the contact form, let us know that you're listening. Let us know who you are, what station you listen on, how the program's impacted your life, and even how we can pray for you. That'd be a great blessing to us. And if there's something that you want to put there that we can use to encourage other radio listeners to say, hey, Pastor Michael, this is how the program's impacted me, and you are welcome to use this to uh, encourage other radio listeners. So that'd be a blessing to us. Go to walkintruth.com in the contact form. Just let us know who you are. Thank you so much. We appreciate you listening. Pray for us. Tell a friend about what you're hearing on this broadcast, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to today's program. If you'd like to listen to this message in its entirety, 
or if you'd like to visit our church here in Corona, California, visit our website, walkintruth.com.